Sensational, Nick. Have a good day, mate. Uh, and to everyone, uh, hopefully that information helps you. Backing a winner. Let's get straight into it. This is Punters Postmortem. And I'll start off by welcoming, I'll go to Dino first now, Melbourne studio. Dean Lester, good morning to you, mate. Uh, how did you go this weekend? Uh, morning, Dave. Uh, look, it was a terrific day of racing, wasn't it? Group one in both states. And uh, I think what we love most about horses, uh, horses showing courage, getting off the deck like uh, very elegant. Probably even like Sierra Sue in the group one down here. It was, uh, it was a jam-packed day of racing. It certainly was. Brad Davidson is our Sydney studio. Davo, good morning to you, mate. Uh, very elegant. Uh, I'll get uh, your thoughts on her in a little bit. Um, but one of the things was the rain, mate, uh, that arrived. It was a bit unexpected. We weren't expecting that sort of rain to come across Sydney town. Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, month. Morning, Dino. And uh, morning, everyone listening. Uh, I echo Dean's thought. Terrific day of racing right across uh, Sydney and uh, and Melbourne. But you're right, Dave. It's the it's a, a source of frustration in Sydney for... For many, many years, it's unpredictable weather. I mean, dead set, no one was predicting any rain whatsoever on Saturday. And, and then all of a sudden, we're, we're copping it for a good hour or two, you know, a couple of hours there in the middle of race day, which, you know, really changed that track from what was drying out to, you know, getting close to a four and a five. And, and then all of a sudden, we're, we're on, a, on a soft seven and a, and a proper soft seven on, on race day. So... Uh, definitely played into the hands of a, a few horses uh, late in the day that we'll, we'll touch on throughout. But, um, yeah, terrific day of racing. And, uh, yeah, Eduardo, and very elegant to start. And, Glenn Munsey, good morning to you, mate. Um, how was your weekend? And I hear you've got the sticks ready to go right at 10 a.m. Uh, yes, Dave. Um, I'd like to thank uh, the New South Wales Health and everything. It's the only winner I've backed in a long, long while. I can guarantee you that. Uh, golf's back on. Uh, so uh, I'd like to hang around till about 10.01, Dave, and then I'm out the door. OK. Uh, no, no. Uh, ordinary day Saturday, Dave. It's it's just, you know, you, uh, that rain didn't do me any good. I was locked into a couple there, you know, thinking the track would be improving. And then, um, you know, with the, up the inside, and I, 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 uh, I just threw the toys out of the cot after... Riadini and Mallory and uh, Hungry Heart. So uh, that was the end of me. I think that just on the rain, it, I think it even surprised the Bureau. Um, well, it seemed to surprise them because they Dave, were... they don't open the window. They do the, <laughs> I think they do the weather reports well, in the dark. There were, there were claps of thunder um, over Ramwick and around sort of the eastern suburbs and it was pouring. But from watching the radar, it sort of just intensified over the over Sydney, over that, um, that harbour area. And then all of a sudden... Their 0% chance of rain across the uh, the city went to, I think if they went to 50%, it was pouring outside. Um, what do we do? I might come to you here, Brad, because there's already a question on it. What do we do then with the form late in this meeting compared to the form at the start of the meeting? Because obviously the track did start to deteriorate. It did, but I think the pattern was, was pretty solid throughout the day. Um, for mine, fencing run was a was a, a decent advantage. 22 of the 40 top four place getters on the day were fencing run. So I thought that was a, a little a little uh, advantage to start with. I think the other advantage was you had to be not too far off them and you had to be making your runs in those sort of first three or four lanes. Out wide on the day, making runs out wide, it's really, really hard to do. There weren't many horses that did it at all on the day. So I think the pattern was pretty consistent. Obviously, later on in the day, you know, I mean, the, the rain played into the hands of Very Elegant. We know how much better she is on, on genuine wet ground. She's a good horse on dry ground as well. But once she got that rain, that was always going to help her as well, as did that, that fencing run when, uh, you know, the likes of Think It Over was out three wide, no cover. So we, we keep that in mind that later on in the day, you're probably looking for more of those race fit horses, you know, forgiving a lot of horses first up from a spell. But like I said, the pattern was pretty consistent. Fencing run sort of making those uh, runs, lanes three and four in the straight and, and uh, closer in than that. 
All right, before we get into the races, Dino, how did Caulfield play to your eye? Uh, Caulfield played pretty well, Dave. There was a little bit of breeze about early, but uh, I don't think there was any real impact. Probably the last couple of races, the big fields late in the day, they just got off the rail a bit in the Group 1, and then they didn't want to go anywhere near the rail on the last, but until then it, it had played uh, pretty well spot on. It just There was two showers through the day, and I think the one after race 7 probably was why the inside just chopped out a bit late. All right, uh, let's jump back to the George Main Stakes. Uh, very elegant, Brad. You mentioned, uh, obviously, the got the, the track to suit, uh, got the that inside run. Um, I'm very interested. You did say on, on the Twitter, and I wanted to ask you this, you said uh, she's not a champion for mine. Why is that, mate? Why, why don't you want to call her a champion? I want to see her... I mean, you can't... I mean, Look, you either come into the spring saying she's a champion already or she's not. You, you can't really claim and say she's a champion winning a ninth group one in a George Main. With all due respect to a George Main, it's a semi-final. It's a bit like an AFL and NRL team winning a semi-final and you're calling them a champion team. Um, she's won nine group one. She's an absolute superstar. She's, she's so good, it's not funny. But I've, I guess it's the old school journal in me. I, I, I see champion as the absolute elite and if you... If you break down the nine group ones, I mean, you've got two at three-year-old level, you've got a wink stakes, you've got Chipping Norton and George May. For me, they're kind of the, you know, not not the absolute elite. Then you've got the Caulfield Cup at handicap level, which was terrific, beating Anthony Van Dyke at the Rambit, beating a Dave, and, and the Tankard and Turnbull somewhere in the middle there. So you've got a couple of those real big ones. I think she just needs one more big one, personally. I mean, most people are going to say she's a champion already, but... I would love to see her, and I think champions win the big races. So win the Cox Plate, and then that, for me, that, that, that rubber stamps her as the champion. She hasn't won the Queen Elizabeth yet either. You know, they're, they're two of the big ones, the 2,000 metres, the big weight for age championships. That's what we want the, the champions to win. So for me, I want to see that dominance. I want to see that eliteness on the top level. So I'd love to see her win a Cox Plate, and then I'll be the first one to put my hand up and say absolute champion. What do we think, Dino, Munns? Dino, can you call oh, her a champion? Look- She's as she's as close to it as there'll be. Uh, she, you know, I think uh, for attitude, she's got that uh, the the champion quality is that she finds a way because uh, it's unorthodox how she gallops, it's how she does it, but she gets the job done. And uh, yeah, she's won nine Group Ones. They've all been different races, um, and uh, I think Winks won twenty five. There are eleven different races, so she was a repeat winner of a lot of races. Uh, very elegant's got that variety from 1400 to 2400 so she's she's got i think there's a, a lot to like about i'd certainly take on board about the semi-finals but that's she can't help that they've made them group ones uh so they are group ones um but uh you know we, we've got that with a lot of horses uh winning lead-up races that are group ones so no she's a beauty uh cox plate what if she won a melbourne cup beat the handicapper again you know she might do that later in the year who knows Munns, just your opinion, thoughts. You've seen a lot of good horses in your time. Can you call her a champion? Oh, she's a pony shanty off it, Dave. But, you know, people's uh, we, we tend to throw around the word champion very, very easily. And, and, and champion racehorses are basically racehorses that you could ask non-racing people, do they know anything about them? And non-racing people will tell you that, you know, they'd know Maccabi Diva, they'd know Winks, they'd know Kingston Town. You know, very early, and they, oh, you know, they, they may not come to, you know, may come to, you know, sixty percent of them, but not probably eighty, ninety percent of them. But she's that close to being a genuine superstar slash champion. It's not funny. Going to open up the line straight away. We had lots of calls last week on thirteen fifty three fifty three. So we've got our first caller, and then we'll uh, jump into some of these races. But Mark's on the line. Morning, Mark. Yes. Good morning. 
You hear me? What? Yes, mate. What's your question? No, I just want to talk about race nine uh, at Randwick on Saturday, please. And I'm just interested in a comment uh, on the run that was given to Montefilia, drawing, drawing wide out at the 2,000 metre mark and finishing off the way she did and looking a bit like the cocky on the biscuit tin at the top of the straight. She was very good uh, in her run. She's ideal. Got the perfect trip. Your analysis here, Brad, and I'll get a comment from you, Dino and Munns. Terrific run. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, there's a couple of great runs in that race. Look, first of all, she's ideal. Um, she's flying, but she's had everything to suit there. Fence in run, jump, finds just behind them and, and was too strong late. But she had the she had the weight, didn't she? You know, 53 and a half. Montefilia, I said before the race, terribly weighted for mine, coming off group one success as a three-year-old, you know, carrying 57 against these. She wasn't fenced in run. She's had to make her run a little bit wider, semi against the pattern of the day, and she still finished off as strong as she did. I thought she was simply outstanding, probably the run of the race. And, and I thought the other one that was outstanding in that race, guys, I know a horse that Munz has had a bit of a, a wrap on for a while as a turning. This horse is absolutely airborne, and assuming they've got something for him at 2,400 next time out, maybe he's going to the Metro or something like that, but uh, keep an eye on him as well. Do you know yeah, I think uh, yeah, pretty much all summed up. Montefiore, the fifth, fifth best last 200 of the meeting in the worst ground uh, with the weight that she had. I just hope she's not up and about too early because I think she's going like a Caulfield Cup horse. So uh, she ran really well and, and attorney was ninth best last 200 of the meeting. As uh, as Brad said, he's absolutely flying. Beautiful. Um, yes, you can, Mark. You there, Mark? Yes, mate, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, in support of Very Elegant, she's winning races at handicap level and at weight for age and beating very good opposition. So in your mind, she's a champion, Mark? Well, she's performing like one. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, mate. That's that's the beauty of our game. Um, and it's... It's good when we have these good horses. Munns, just before we get to our next caller, to bring you in there on the Kingston Town, um, was She's Ideal a very good go, especially after we saw, obviously, the Shorts and, and the George Main, and just we saw how that track was playing, and, and obviously punters and the big syndicates honing in going, right, well, we know the run She's Ideal is going to get. Uh, well, she was always sort of favourite, Dave. No, not a not a hard favourite, although she was three fifty into three twenty from the the first price in the morning. By the time we did the preview, that was ten o'clock. So she'd firmed at that stage. After best of days came out, she was a two dollar eighty chance there and held a spot basically around two dollars eighty all the way through. And I, I think you, the perfect scenario in this race was you looked at her, you looked at Montef- uh, Montefilia, who were the, the two main sort of hopes in the race. There, you knew one was going to be box seated or fence and the other Huey had to make a decision where he was going to go from the alley and 99 times out of 100 he's going to go back on it because that's a racing pattern and she was going to need luck and that's why people gravitated to She's Ideal and realistically in the finish that's probably what won of the race, the run she had and that's what won a lot of horses the races they won on Saturday the run they had compared to their opposition Let's get to Mark who's our next caller, uh, loving the calls on 1350-353, morning Mark yeah, morning, boys. Uh, just my tubbins worth on very elegant. I think she's a... I don't, I'm not so sure about champion ability, but a champion scrapper. Like, how many times have you seen her off that canvas? She just gets off the canvas. She won't blow up another way because she's just a fighter. And what Brad said about that horse is very wide. I reckon she's lost the position around. She still wins that race. It's just, she's just too tough. Beautiful. 
Love your call, Mark, uh, and love your passion. And there's going to be plenty of different opinions on this. You're going to get some in the corner of saying that uh, she isn't uh, and some in the corner that's saying she is. Uh, John's on the line. Morning, John. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Dino, why are they moving the uh, Underwood from uh, Caulfield to Sandown? Uh, I think just to give uh, Caulfield just a little bit of a rest uh, with... Recent years, it's probably got a bit tired by Caulfield Cup Day. It's a moving one meeting, uh, and it, it used to be like earlier in the season, it was like the list and stakes was at Sandown, but it's now at Caulfield, so that's you know they've swapped it around. I think they want to have one. They should have one Group One race at Sandown. It's a beautiful track. It's a waste of a good track not to have it at. Uh, and the eighteen hundred's the best start they've got, so probably the Underwood was the the main reason. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, you look through all the past winners and that. And the Underwood's a fantastic guide uh, for r- races later. And, um, you know, now, now it's all different because it's going to be a sand out. I'll be interested to see how it goes. Look, the other thing was... But it's been run at Williamstown. It's been run all over the place. So, it, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, we're used to it. At, you know, it used to be 2,000 metres. Now it's 1,800. So it's, it's had a different... It's had a different history for all the way through. Yeah, I'm thunderstruck. Now, I left that out of the... Uh, the trifecta on Saturday because it's the biggest class ride you've ever seen. The outside barrier that got knocked over uh, in the straight, it was the best run you've ever seen. Um, what What's in store for it? Uh, you're running the Turak in three weeks and three weeks after that you're running the Golden Eagle all being well. So... Yeah. Uh, he, no, he's a he's an amazing the, the well not transformation. He showed promise in the winter, but he was uh, he was about twenty points out of the hand. He was about ten kilos out of the handicap on Saturday uh, and should have won. Oh, of course uh, he should have. But as I say, I lifted out of the trifecta because I couldn't couldn't take the outside barrier. Mm. And yeah, you take a horse like Dallasy and who's proven he'd had a bad barrier as well, uh, but he couldn't he couldn't match. They couldn't do anything in the straight, so no. I thought oh, Thunderstruck was amazing. It wasn't an amazing run. Munz, geez, the, the, the pylon on him late in that race for Group 1 was pretty strong for uh, I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I must admit, Dean, I don't follow the markets as closely on Melbourne because they, they, they run into the uh, the provincial meeting here, but just looking at him you know, over the... Uh, uh, over the days leading up, I, I think everyone was he was sitting there, and everyone was, "Oh, I've got to wait till he gets a run. I've got to wait till he gets a run." Yeah, and then that last half hour was just unbelievable. It was, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll go back. I'll go back actually, and I'll have a look what our flux were. Yeah, uh, as d- I said, I, I, I can't, I, I can't concentrate everywhere for for a big I, race. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, it was just a question without notice. Um, for big race. Drawn the outside, out of the handicaps, had you know, virtually the world against him. I, I, I hadn't seen a horse so well fancied uh, in a feature race that, that you know, like usually the ones that are well fancied, you can understand you know the, the, the logic. But it was just all on his ability on Saturday. And just on on because um, you made a good point there, our caller, the wash up uh, from the run. Did he get any bark taken off him? Because it was a, he was in a bit of traffic there at the top of the straight in a, in a bumping duel and you know, he could have easily thrown the towel in and thought, well, that's it for me. But he didn't. He no. he said, let's go again. No, I've read he's pulled up fine so uh, okay. sort of all systems go. But yeah, it was uh, just a, just an unfortunate move right on the point of the turn. Uh, John McNeil went inside Dallas and there was a run there and as he went in there, Amish boy pushed out onto... Uh, uh, a weakening uh, Poland, and uh, yeah, there was a, a real concertina effect, and you know, for him to pick up and go again was incredible.
And just while uh, we're talking was, on this race, we'll go Muns. It was five fifty to four dollars forty in the last twenty minutes of betting. Uh, mm. He did get into as short as four dollars twenty. So he, you could say he was five fifty to four twenty in a fifteen minute period, and in the last seven minutes of betting, he got four twenty back to four sixty, and then in SP four dollars forty with us. So pretty uh, strong said, hold that, race, that, I'd imagine. Yeah, that, that's a that's a decent go in a race there, considering mm. he has run favourite. In the race, yeah, um, you know, in the washout. And just while we're on this race, uh, Dano, uh, obviously a big moment for Daniel Moore too. And a bloke, he showed a bit of emotion, uh, buckets after the win, and it was good to see. Yeah, it's usually uh, he, the only emotion he usually shows is anger. So it was <laughs> yes. good to see. He's a pretty fiery little character. Uh, I like him. I like Daniel. I've known him a long time. But uh, look, he's uh, he's you know, he's uh, the, probably the last twelve months since he's been back from Singapore. It's certainly been different for him. Whether you know uh, having to liaise with owners in a different way in Singapore and <laughs> things. But uh, now he. Uh, He's yeah, been around the, the group ones for a while he, uh, and he, yeah, he, he got the breakthrough on Saturday and for connections that have been really good to him as well. So uh, he's got some really good chances in the next few weeks. Uh, obviously, Sierra Sue will probably uh, go to the Turak and she'd run well again. And uh, he's got a horse called Forgot You who's shaping like a real derby chance. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few uh, irons in the fire for buckets this spring. Let's get to our next caller, guys. Plenty on the uh, the panel too, which is great to see. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. If you've got a question for our our team, and Steve's on the line. Morning, Steve. G'day, guys. How are you? Good, mate. Mate, I've got a couple of questions. First one: She's all class. Now, is she looking for further or looking for shorter? I mean, I know she's got barrier issues, but um, you know, like, would she be still potentially heading to Thousand Guineas? And the second one is just while I'm on here is um, Animo. Is, if it runs well or wins the Golden Rose, I mean, are they going to put into the Everest? Because I see that it's, uh, the price has come out a little bit in the, in the Guineas as well. Well, who wants to go first? Mike, br- br- get a comment from you, uh, Brad, on She's All Class. And then other gents, if you want to chime in about Animo, but what do you make of She's All Class, Brad? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. A little bit of a forgive there on the weekend because she's got a long way back, which was against the pattern of the day, and she's also had to make her run wide again. So again, double against the pattern of the day. I'm just a little bit worried about where she's at because she had that little setback. So she's almost a half a run or a run behind this, this preparation. And um, look, she can improve next time out. Whether they go on to the, the flight of the 1,000 guineas or whether they freshen her up, I'm, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I wouldn't give up on her. It was a bit of a, a forgive run there on the weekend. In terms of Animo... I know there was a little bit of chatter or potentially the the Tab Everest if it was mine, I'd be I'd be getting him out in trip heading towards the Cox Plate. Um, but having said that, you know you've got Zaki there, so to contend with. But yeah, I'm not sure what they'll they'll do there. They've sort of been suggesting trekking's been you know the one for a little while there for the Tab Everest, but I don't think he'll be winning that. So um, wouldn't be the well, worst idea to try to freshen him up. Uh, last Thursday, when uh, James Cummings joined us on HQ, uh, he basically he gave a really good push to Paul Ely. He said the way that Paul Ely worked this morning... Um, Not as good as the push that Glenn Boss gave it. No, well, that's exactly right. But still, um, there's uh, there's obviously something doing in their thought process with Paul, Paul Ely. Um, yeah. What, what do we he, think if about Animo, guys? We, we said this a few weeks ago. They're, they're looking at their three-year-olds. Animo was going to be their middle-distance not staying three, right, but their middle distance, looking at the Golden Rose, probably Caulfield Guineas, potentially getting to a Cox Plate. Paul Lely was going to be their sprinting uh, three-year-old. And why not, you know, why not give him his chance, you know, in a race like the Everest? He's undefeated at Ramwick. 
Uh, he's a three-year-old. Three-year-olds have won the Everest before. He freshen up after that. You know, he, he's run at uh, Kembla the other day. And, uh, you know, as Brad said, you know, Trek, Trekking's had his opportunity. I know he's going to the Moyer on, on Friday night, but he, he's probably had his opportunity at these top-grade races. Dino? Yeah, I, I, look, I'd be going with the, the fresh blood if it's Paul Ely, uh, the, the, yeah, puts his uh, hand up. But, uh, yeah, I'd certainly be thinking Animo, uh, Caulfield, Guinea's, you know, Cox Plate maybe. Uh, so, But it's a, it's an interesting challenge because uh, how that uh, race structure will be in the, the Everest, it'll be, uh, it'll, you know, will, will the backmarkers get too far back and have too much to do, like a bit like Saturday, or will it uh, extra 100 metres uh, even itself out? Beautiful, Steve. Thanks for your call. Our next caller, I think we've got uh, Julius on the line. Morning, Julius. Good morning. Yes, I'd like to ask a couple of questions about it over. Firstly, is it going to the Cox Plate and the jockey for the Cox Plate if it's going to so think it over is the question. Uh, I what think it will be. Yeah, yeah I think it'll yep. be going to the Cox Plate. Uh, it's been, I think, mentioned. Yeah, that's uh-huh. he has. Kerry's mentioned it a few times, yeah. yes. Why not? Uh, yeah, off the run, the good run in the Queen Elizabeth and the way he's been going. Um, as for riders, I don't know. I think, you know, is there still some hope that the you know, some of the Sydney riders are going to try and get here? I, I don't know. Possibly. It did, yeah, there, there, there is was a meeting last hope. week. I, I don't know if anything came of that uh, with the uh, Victorian government. I think um, some of the, the Sydney riders might have uh, met with um, the racing minister last week to see what was the yep. what was the protocol going forward, but I haven't read anything further. No. I think, um, we've, got, I think we've got bigger issues here trying to find enough riders uh, to ride yeah. in our feature races come uh, Epsom Day because uh, a number of the horses in the Epsom and the Metropole have light weight. So I light would be surprised if we see a couple of uh, jockeys that are in the provincial slash country bubble uh, I don't know what the actual protocol is, whether you've got to go into quarantine before, but you definitely have to go into quarantine after. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a number of jockeys come in for the big days here over the carnival to ride these lighter-weighted horses. Yeah. So just just on that, uh, I remember your interview with Kerry last week and he, he suggested that uh, that there were a few that had sort of put their hat in the, in the ring for the, the ride down there in Melbourne, but he hadn't sort of made any decisions yet. But, gee, he was... Um, his run there on Saturday was superb. I mean, eight horses, I've got three wide, no cover on the day there at Randwick on Saturday, sitting in that position with no cover out three wide. And he was clearly the best of them, finishing third. Private uh, private Eye finished fourth, but the rest of them finished basically last or, or ninth or tenth or eleventh. So they've all, in that position, was a horrible position on Saturday. So for him to go so close, I thought he was uh, as good as, as very elegant there on Saturday. All right, thank you for your call uh, there, Julius. So I think I've got Jim on the line now. Morning, Jim. Oh, good morning, guys. I just wanted to weigh in on the very elegant debate. Um, I'm in the no, not a champ uh, camp, I've got to say. Um, she's high class, best we've got, uh, depending on what your view of Zaki is. But champs, that's, that's another matter. Uh, champs have got that aura of invincibility about them and uh, she just hasn't quite got that so she's a rung below so far as I'm concerned um, I think that uh, well during my time of uh, enjoying racing the, the champs in her distance range I'd be thinking uh, Kingston Town better loosen up let's elope Knight and Power 
uh, sunline. So you think wigs. Uh, and my argument would be that Barry Elegant comes in terrific horse, but a bit of a run below all that lot. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, Jim. I appreciate it. Uh, it's an opinion that a lot of people are going to have. So you're going to get there's plenty of text on the text line here in favour of her saying, you know, she is a champion. And, uh, and and it's you know disappointed that we can't call that, but that's the beauty of our game. And it's the same with every single sport. Uh, David uh, is on the line now. Morning, David. How you going, boys? Um, yeah, look, I sort of agree with that caller. I, I'd say she's outstanding, outstanding mare. Um, you know, she's won from you know Caulfield Cup. You know, she's won a George Main, but she doesn't win by you know particularly big margins, and she struggles. So she's not a super horse, but I, I think the best way to put her is outstanding. But Dean, you know, I, I don't know about you, but as you watch horses and year in, year out, it, it gets very hard to compare them. And, I mean, you'd love to see... I remember the 1990 George Main. I was just looking through it again when um, Shaftesbury Avenue kicked away at the 200 and held off superimpose. I mean, how would Very Elegant have gone against them? Um, you know what I mean? It, it's just conjecture. I, I doubt yeah. she could match them, but we'll never know. And I think that's... Totally, really totally different. Best totally different eras with treatment. Yeah, totally different eras with treatment and things, though. Uh, and that's, you know, these horses have got any degree of longevity now. It's quite remarkable. And Chris Wallace seemed to have the key to it. And, uh, yeah, for mine, uh, she's got the, one of the great champion ingredients is that she's never beaten. And that's, you know, if you talk about big margins, well, Northerly never won by big margin, but he went all right. And, and that's, she's in, she's to me in that sort of got that determination. Matter though, Dean. I, I know it, it's great to talk about it, but in the end, I, I, I think we should just appreciate. Just it enjoy him. It Absolutely, it's a really great yep. horse. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Thanks for your call, David. Uh, let's take a quick break, boys, at 9.35. When we come back, I want to talk this Tab Everest, and I want to know your thoughts and have a few little bubbles burst after the weekend. The Contenders. At the 200 with a strong kick, Behemoth is on terms. Then came super hard, Regalo Di Gaetano. Behemoth took the lead now from Camel Passer. Then Regalo Di Gaetano, but he's back bigger and better than ever. He's in good shape, Behemoth, and he wins the Durbridge running away. Behemoth lurking three wide. Bo Rossa needs a run behind them. Inspirational girl at the 200. Sansom joined by Behemoth, the defending champ. Then Bo Rossa and Tafane. Behemoth, 100 metres to go, a link Bo Rossa to Fade. Behemoth, the big brute goes back to back in the Mepsi The Tab Everest, Saturday October 16 Does your horse struggle to finish their feed during race preps, or not happy with how they look on race day? Give yourself peace of mind, like many other trainers, with Pride's Easy Performance. By improving appetite with our highly palatable set recipe feed, you can ensure your horse will be licking their feed bin guaranteeing they get the nutrition they need to get them through prep, get the win and bounce back after race day. Make the switch to Pride's easy performance and start getting the results you've been chasing. Daly Stallions, they win. September run driven out and the filly is going to do it again down the straight. They sell. At 2.1 million, he goes done. They get you to the big days. She has to dig deep, the filly, and Montefilia claims the two group ones in a week. Darley Stallions, they win, they sell, they get you to the big days. If you only breed one, breed with Darley in 2021. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. 
All right, uh, welcome back to Punters Postmortem. Heaps of text here on the text line before we get to our next caller. Uh, just to this one uh, to uh, to Dino. Uh, Dean, um, could you ask Dean about Miss In Between? Like Dean, I found it really at really good odds and convinced two mates to have an each way go. Cop some backlash immediately after the race, but it seemed a good chance round in the bend. Then went like a busted. Any issues? Uh, the banks here, man. What well, um, what your mates do? have got to have a good hard look at themselves. Uh, <laughs> it, when they get beat thirty lengths, they've had a problem. Like it, even if they're twenty five to one, they don't get beat thirty lengths. Yeah, she had uh, she had an internal bleed, so uh, I think she's got to go back to the trial. She it wasn't a three month bleed, but an EIPH situation. So uh, she was in a beautiful spot, one out, one back, peeled out to go, and uh, yeah, something obviously went totally awry. So uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, bad day for Miss In Between. And Munns, with the power of technology, uh, Scott's on the text here saying, is there any chance uh, Glenn can start up a counselling group uh, for backers of Rio Dini, like me and a few others? Uh, are you happy to all get together, maybe pick a time and put that out or do a bit of community service, Munns? Yeah, yeah, certainly, Dave. A beautiful Chesterfield Lounge here. And I told you, Denise got a whole big uh, bank of uh, yellow foolscap pads. And um, and I've got about eight cartons of beer in the garage, so we'll be able to, um, you know, Fantastic. we'll be ready to rock and roll whatever time anyone wants to come around. Do we'll you, put all these replays on, just his last couple of runs. Do you I'll, not no, we'll drop put his off? First up run, we'll put his first up run where he run last, and everyone yeah. said, oh, I've got serious problems making it a horse to follow. Do you do you drop off at any point now through the prep? Because if it, at the moment you drop off, it's got a feeling that he, he's just going to bob up. But I guess it all depends on where they go. Uh, well, yeah, I usually drop off, Dave, when they're favourite, uh, having been on them at sort of triple figures and, you know, $21 their last their lead-in runs. And when they're favourite, I drop off and they win. We've got a caller on the line for you, Glenn, as well. Uh, what's Who have we got next, Boydo? We've got Nick. Good morning, Nick. G'day, Dave. How are you? I'm well, mate. What's your question for Munns? I've got a question about the app, Munns. Um, I'm a bit of a Saturday punter. I love my races and I just sometimes miss the race and then... I don't like checking the result. I prefer to watch the result, watch the replay. And it's pretty difficult to sort of hit the replay button without uh, without finding out the result somehow. Is there a way on the app that you can hide the results and watch the replays, or am I just being a bit a bit different? <laughs> Sorry. You've answered your own question there, mate. <laughs> yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. You can do the old piece cover. of paper. Yeah, yeah. cover it up. Yeah. 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 The top part that, showing. Inevitably, yeah. inevitably you sort of work out what the duet is and you'll end up knowing the top two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not no, like the bloke that used to come on the question. news and say, look, if you don't want to know the result, look, look away. away now. Look yeah. away now. Yeah. Look away now. We might be, no. If we can inbuild a look away function yeah. into the Tab app. So I'll get the propeller heads on that. Uh, yeah. So we might That'd incorporate a new function in the Tab app called yeah. the look away button. Mm. Yep. Mm. So, or, or you can hide. You can hide the, uh, hide the, the dividend somehow. Yeah. You've just got to get used to putting your hand over the first two thirds, that, the bottom two thirds of the screen, because the replay exactly. is the top third, and then just cover the, the last two thirds. Just get you put your hand there, and you'll be right. That's I, I it. challenge you to do it, and then turn your phone sideways. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm doing it right now, but uh, maybe turning it sideways might be a bit. Yeah, hard. well, when you turn yeah. sideways, that's that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I'm usually that about 11 o'clock yeah. Saturday night after That's watching I mean. the races all day. Big issues. That's what we've got to do here. The, yeah. the, other, the, the other one is to always put your phone on do not disturb because there's nothing worse with being a little bit behind on the tab app when you start getting the messages like, say, the boys that were teeing into uh, to, um, Dino's horse there, uh, the one that we had on the text line. There's nothing worse than when you start getting the, the, the text. Now, let's talk tab Everest. Um, I'll come to you here, Glenn. 
because you represent the company. Do you reckon the tab are nervous, very, very nervous about doing their cash now with Lost and Running? Uh, well, Dave, uh, if you would have um, been paying attention on Friday, a lot of people, I'm not surprised it ran where it did. I, we'll put it that way. Sorry, I'll, I'll reclassify that. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm not surprised it went no good on Saturday, but I'm surprised it went as bad as it did. What do we do, uh, Dino? If you've got a ticket on Lost and Running to win the tab Everest, is it confetti? Uh, it's Well, it's it's got some pretty bad creases in it uh, at the moment. Dave, uh, look, oh, yeah, still a month to go, but gee, that's that's uh, that's a long way to make up. All right, and Brad, look, he's uh, he's pulled up one out of five lame and three wide no cover, and we spoke about that position being no good on the day. Most horses tailed off from that position, so he's in the wrong spot. He's pulled up with a, a small excuse being one out of five lame. It's not you know massive. Um, he has got a lot of ground to make up, as, as Dean and Munch said. Simple as that. I mean, he needed. He, he was probably three three lengths off the pace coming into the spring, and I'd like to see him again. But I just think it's probably going to be a, a bridge too far. But look, John O'Shea's a terrific trainer. He'll have him a cherry ripe on the day. But you would think, yeah, he's going to be long odds to be to be winning it. What about uh, the the race itself, uh, Dino? Eduardo, he's just a bulldog. And it, just Nash with these older horses, he just seems to, to find a way with them. They run for him. This horse reminds me a lot of Thessio back uh, when Nash would just lift Thessio and he looked gone. Yeah, he'd throw everything at them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, he, he, desperation uh, couldn't be on uh, display more than Saturday uh, to beat... Uh, to beat Nature Strip, it was a it was a great race in that regard. It was uh, such a contest, and and Joe Pride the same as you say. Nash is good with the older horses. Joe Pride just uh, amazing yeah. at get, getting these horses to keep turning up, uh, preparation after preparation. And uh, I thought G Trail's return was outstanding. Uh, I know he's in the right ground, but he he, he didn't really get you know that clear running when. It, Maybe a little bit of momentum would have helped him. I thought that was a really good return. I'm not giving up on Mask Crusader. I thought, gee, I thought he looked still very wintry watching uh, Thoroughbred Central there on Saturday. He, uh, his coach still hasn't cleaned off. He's still carrying a bit of nick. Uh, there's a month to go. I'm not giving up on him. And, and as Brad's been saying, he was probably out where he didn't want to be. Uh, Munns, what about this market? Has uh, there been much movement at the station? Uh, well, Nature Strip stayed where it was. Now, it's an interesting point with Nature Strip here in Eduardo. We've heard over the last couple of years, um, oh, take Nature Strip on at your own peril, take Nature Strip on at your own peril. You know Eduardo's done it twice and beaten him twice? Taken Nature Strip on. So, you know, has Nature Strip hoodwinked a lot of his opposition out of the fact or the opposition hasn't had the... You know, the intestinal fortitude of what Eduardo has. But importantly, Eduardo's done it at 1,000 and 1,100. That is the major, major point to be taken out of Saturday's races and the the times that Eduardo has beaten Nature Strip. They've been at 1,000 and 1,100. Right, so twelve hundred a completely different race there, but the market he stayed four fifty Nature Strip, Classic Legend stayed six dollars, staying at home in his box on Saturday. Eduardo's gone thirteen to seven, Mass Crusader uh, six out to seven, uh, Gtra is an eight dollar chance. Now prior to the race on Saturday, I think he was nine. Uh, sorry, he was fifteen. Mass Crusader was five, so Mass Crusader's five to seven. Gtra is fifteen. Uh, got into a short of seven and went back to eight. Rothfire was nine into eight, has gone back to nine. And Lost and Running, who was an $8 chance prior to the race, is now a $21 pop. So they're the, they're the changes out of the, the results of Saturday.
All right. What about, um, guys, the return of Rothfire? Uh, Dean, I'll come to you here first. That, that's outstanding. To see a horse um, who only 12 months ago, we didn't know if it was ever going to race again, to what, be only beaten 3.4 on a race return, and looks like there's plenty to in the tank for him to possibly go on with it. That's, that's brilliant from Rob Heathcote. And, and not only Rob, but that whole uh, farm and the team set up up there to rehabilitate this horse. Well, yeah, he wasn't uh, you know, given a soft option first up. It was straight into no. the cauldron, and uh, I thought he passed with flying colours. Uh, yeah, he's still got to elevate again, but uh, if you wanted to see a good return uh, from a horse that had such a severe setback, that was that was it on Saturday. We've got another caller here, boys. Wayne's on the line. Morning, Wayne. Hey, boys. Mate, what's your, what's your question? I've got two horses. If Monophilia ever gets on a fair track... Well, you, you, like Saturday, you couldn't make any ground out wide. And the other horse was Handle the Truth. He finished a length and a quarter behind Fast Crusader. Jeez, Keeps got him going along good, too. Brad, do you want to chime in? Pick up off the back of the caller? Yeah, just, just I guess, uh, the thoughts on, on the shorts in general. You're right there. He's run well again there, Handle the Truth, you know, beating... Beaten six and a, and a half lengths. We, we spoke about Montefilia. She's going great guns. But just my thoughts on the uh, on the Tab Everest and how it sits right now, guys. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still definitely in the Nature Strip camp. Munz makes a great point about that 1,200. You know, we know he, he can win at 1,200, Eduardo, but it's all about grand final day. And we know Chris Waller is able to extract this massive peak run out of Nature Strip on grand final day. And that's the key he has over this whole field at the moment is... On, on semi-final day, they're all, there's not a great deal between them, but come grand final day, Nature Strip's got the ability to go to another level that no other horse in this race has done so far. And that's why, for mine, he's clearly the one to beat. and probably could even be a, a tad shorter. I agree with Dino. Rothfire was outstanding. Uh, Gitra, super return, a bit like we played in the piece, but right part of the track. And Eduardo's flying. He's got to keep that freshness in him as well. But Nature Strip, clearly... The one Beautiful. Thanks. This is certainly the best spring setup that Nature Strips had too. A lot of people have said he's better in the the autumn, but his first two runs have gone pretty smoothly, and I think mm. he's in a lot better shape this spring mm. to have a crack at the Everest than the previous two years. The other horse too, um, and Gordon Richards made a good point of this last week. He said that um, this is the if, if Gitra is going to perform at his optimum, which mm. we hope he does. It's the it's a better setup this year because the horse has been in Sydney, um, has hasn't had to drive up through Broken Hill like uh, last time, and he's had the perfect preparation. And um, he, you'd think he, well, you'd think that he would improve too. Second up, do you agree with that, boys? And also with that bit of moisture around, we know that he doesn't mind the sting out. Is he the Smoky in the race? Third last year, he's very reliable. Uh, yeah, he had a luckless run in Brisbane, but other than that, uh, yeah, he's body of work over the last year has been outstanding. Yeah, Let's a get very to... interrupted well, preparation, Dino, I think, leading into the uh, the Goodwood and then going oh, to Brisbane. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got another caller here for our tab uh, tech line for Munns. Paul's in the line. Morning, Paul. Good. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm going to have these calls. hats with a propeller on it. I love one of these. I love these calls too, guys. So if you've got any questions about the Tab app or anything like that, Munns, just before he goes and plays some golf this morning for the first time in what ten weeks, give him a call now. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. I'd love this. What's your question, Paul? Well, it's uh, on the TAB account. It's Speech Express, and Speech Express. 
What's Speech Express? I don't know what that is. What is it, Muns? Well, it's a voice-assisted. Uh, instead ah, of dealing right. with an operator, you say, right, race four, Melbourne, 3,000 on seven. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? That's I hope it hasn't got delicate ears. It would be sworn at a bit, I reckon. Yeah. And if you had that bet that you just said, Speech Express would tell you that she doesn't understand. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I thought this might have been a G-up call because you're not going to believe this. I was dealing with this exact problem last Friday for a friend of mine. Yes. Uh, who is, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you now, he, he's actually blind and he, and he loves a bet. Well, he yes. loves his racing. Who doesn't? Uh, but he loves a bet and he's been having an issue with the, the Speech Express and or voice activated or whatever it's called. Yes. And... Um, uh, I've uh, got him on to, I think it's called the minimum bet exemption line. But the problem at the moment is our call centre is located at Granville in Sydney, which is right in the midst of one of the hard lockdown areas of Sydney. And I'd say we are probably uh, well down on staff. So because they haven't got the the number of actually operators to to answer the phones, they've been pushing a lot of calls to this voice recognition or or whatever thing there, and we haven't been able to handle it. See, with the agencies all being, you know, the agencies, the pub tabs, the club tabs all being closed, anyone that's got an account, you know, they I, I must admit they say you know bet via your tab app and everything like that or via the internet. But there are a vast number of our customers, and no offence to anyone, especially those in the the uh, the elder. Uh, bracket and I'll, I'll classify as one of those. And so may not I. be tech, may not be tech savvy, may not have a mobile phone or a mobile phone with the apps and everything on it, and they rely on phone tab and an operator to assist them with their bet. So we we are just in a situation at the moment. It's one of those perfect storm type situations where, you know, I would say that is the major problem actually getting the staffing in that Granville call centre because of where it's located. What you just said, I tick all them boxes about being elderly and I need assistance to put a bet on. And at the at the moment, we're not getting the assistance. All all uh, the Speech Express says is I don't understand. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. exactly the, the, the situation the friend of mine had. He tried to have a bet on the football the other night and he was filthy because he wanted to back Souths against Penrith and he wanted to take the start uh, with South. So good morning to you, Pete. And, um, you know, the, 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 the voice recognition said, do not understand. And, and you know, and he, and he said, fixed uh, NRL head-to-head, you know, it's pretty, you know, he was very, very succinct and, you know, very uh, clear in what he was saying and it wasn't recognising him. But um, I, I have actually raised that issue um, for, as I said, for a friend of mine. So um, I'd say the staffing issues are the main concern there. Thanks for your call. Uh, we've got uh, Sean on the line. Morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How are you today? Good, mate. Yeah. Are you going to wanna... say when the agency's open, you want the pens back in uh, on the chains? <laughs> so you can write your tickets chain, out? Why not? Mate, what's the thing about uh, Montefiore? Where, where she go to now? Metropolitan. Is that where she will head? Maybe to Melbourne? Melbourne? Well, David Payne wants to win the Metropolitan. He said that, Dino. I know that it was um, he's, he's basically wants to get Sydney out of the way before he goes to Melbourne um, because he wants to obviously travel down with the horse. He doesn't like travelling the horse alone. So I thought she um, just might go to the Hill Stakes. That's all. Stay at two thousand, okay. and then and then go 
But, yeah, the Metropolitan being a Group 1, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I'll be protecting that light handicap and for the Caulfield Cup day. Okay. Um, what price is she in the Caulfield Cup at the moment? I'm just having a look here. Do you oh, know she's favourite for the Metropolitan, $4 yep. over She's Ideal. So uh, let me have a look for the Caulfield Cup. Down the bottom here, uh, Caulfield Cup. She got a lot of markets open. Twenty one dollars. Twenty one dollars. It's quicker, Dave. Uh, it's actually quicker to look the markets up on the app because uh, because yeah. there are so many um, yeah. futures markets there in the system, which is, makes it a little bit harder. You got to you got to filter them. Uh, you, I, I take out the ones that all the pre non markets if we've now gone all in and different things like that. We've got Wayne on the line. Morning, Wayne. Good morning, fellas. Um, just a quick one, mate. In regards to Classic Legend for the Everest. Will he be required to do a steward trial after being marred in Hong Kong from bleeding, or is he just going straight to the He's already done it. Yeah. Already... yeah, he's he's had his trial. So he's, he's already had his trial. Yeah, yeah. he trialed the other day. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't. I, I didn't know yeah. he did. Yeah, and and the, the the news that came out of the trial, he beat Lost and Running in the trial. The news that came out of the trial is Les didn't think he was fit enough to go to the races, so he thinks he's going to give him another trial and go into the Everest more than likely first up. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you've cleaned it up for me, mate. Thank you. Beautiful. That's what we like Good to day do. To stay home, I think. Uh, for yeah. Him. Yeah. Yep. Um, powder dry. Just while we're talking about these futures markets, um, and I know it's happened what middle of last week, Dino, but for our Sydney audience, did that weight surprise you with incentivise? Uh, no, no. I think uh, we might have spoken about it last Monday morning that uh, he left himself open to uh, exposure by going and running in a weight for age race and a group one race and uh, putting himself at level weights or near enough to with uh, Sir Dragon A, a Cox Plate winner and... Uh, high-class horses, so he hadn't had that exposure until Saturday. If he'd waited uh, or he'd run the opening handicap on Saturday uh, last week, he'd have probably won that with 61 and he'd have 53 in the Caulfield Cup, but uh, he didn't. So they, they did win a million-dollar race, so that's nothing to be sneezed at, but uh, he's now got 55 and a half and an extra challenge. Did they pull the wrong rein then? Or what, 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 what's been the wash-up? Because obviously they're not what's, happy. What's the ceiling on it? I mean, yeah. what's the ceiling on him? I mean, if he wins that... I, you know, Greg Carpet is not a massive penaliser of them in the Melbourne Cup when they're up in the weights a bit. So if he won the Caulfield Cup, would he go to, you know, 57 in the Melbourne Cup? I was really interested in... Uh, uh, I saw an interview with Peter Moody that all he's thinking about is the Caulfield Cup. So he said, if you back him at, in the Melbourne Cup, you back him at your own peril. Uh, and even the Cox Plate, he just wants to win the Caulfield Cup with him. Okay, we'll just jump back to... S- to... I noticed he went to Moody yeah, Valley this morning. Yes, yeah, I think they probably uh, you know get that uh, good surface and and to have a look. I mean, that's not to say he wouldn't run in a cox plate, but it's uh, it's probably you know a bit of a day out for him and uh, yeah, keep him ticking over and get that beautiful valley uh, track to gallop on. Guys, and just on the horse, uh, in recent memory, have you? Um, you know, what, what would be the closest thing to him in terms of a horse that was running around at Ipswich? Um, you know, and, and getting beat uh, there in, in very, very low grades to his rise through the ranks. What type of... When was the last time this sort of happened so takeover quickly target. with the horse? Would it be a takeover target? Oh, I have to in be sprinting, target. but for a, for a cup horse, I think a horse like... And he didn't win the Corvair Cup, but he ended up favourite. It was a horse like Svenofighter 
who uh, won the Ipswich, Ipswich Cup, Cup. And then, that's right, and then was bought. But, and, uh, and but won even a before, even before that Ipswich Cup, because he was a Kiwi, wasn't he? Um, Spinner fighter. Yeah, he, but he, he sort of had some he runs on the light. board. No, not really. Not yeah. He had a little bit, but not, nothing. Uh, you know, yeah. He he jumped to prominence very quickly uh, from that to being bought by the Freedmans and uh, and then winning a Turnbull and and then running in favourite in the Corvair Cup and then it, the wheels fell off from there. Uh, just on the T rows, a couple of questions here. Um, four moves ahead. We, we don't know. I know we touched on she's all class, but just a few punters wanting to know about Von Trapp and your thoughts. I might come to you here, Brad. The Frankel filly who was really thrown in the deep end after that Hawkesbury maiden win, and um, well, she's got a motor. She does. She was super in the last couple of hundred metres. And what we've got to remember here, guys, is she's drawn the outside. She's had to go right back to basically last. Yes, she's found the fence and, and the right part of the track, so keep that in mind. But she was clearly the, the strongest that last couple of hundred metres for me. And it probably says another thing, you know, coming out of that sort of maiden grey, guys. I'm thinking these fillies aren't overly strong. I think they're very even, the Sydney fillies. And if I had a, a decent filly interstate, I would be coming to the Sydney for the flight stakes because I think it is one of the more winnable group ones you'll find for some time. And, uh, yep, she's able to draw a, a gate next time out. She looks like she'll lead up 1,600 metres on trap and super run there on Saturday. Oh. Won't be from Victoria because they're a pretty ordinary bunch too. So uh, I think they're happy to try and win the, the good money down here as well. So I, I'm interested in the filly in that race, Mokalua, towards an Oaks. Reduced choice filly out of Deer Demi and ran well behind Profondo. And uh, and then again on Saturday, ran okay. I just think she's ticking over. I think probably runs in the flight and then she'll get serious around the ethereal or the uh, the wakeful. Beautiful. Uh, we've got uh, Bev on the line. Morning, Bev. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. That's good. What's your question, Bev? Oh, I just wanted to um, say to Dino, it wasn't real... Oh, well, I suppose it was sort of a question. He spoke of Daniel Moore, which I thought was um, fabulous, uh, uh, getting up with a group one on Saturday. And um, I just hoped he might have mentioned Geordie Charles and um, Jason Maskell. You've got very capable jockeys down there in Melbourne and there's a bit of a void, and I just hope that they... Uh, get the support because like um, James Innes Jr. up here he quite often goes to the uh, races for and inevitably sometimes he's uh, in the has a ride in the first race or the second last race and uh, you know he can hold his own he did all right on Jerry a few weeks ago and he had previously won on Leo so I just um, I had a big thumbs up to uh, Jason Maskell and Jordy Charles because uh, it was good to see him go and have one win and gives, gives you a real kick it's yeah, a little it's a... uplift to see the jockeys go. Have uh, one ride, one win, hundred percent record. Yeah, it's a really good point uh, with Geordie Childs. Of course, he had uh, he's just back, back from injury after a nasty fall. But uh, yes, he did. He persevered he... and he's been yeah. rewarded. Yeah, he did, yeah. and uh, and Graham Begg stuck with him, and uh, he won't be able to ride that horse in the Corville Cup. Won't have his weight, but uh, he did the job on Saturday. And, Jason Maskeel's a remarkable story of redemption because uh, he had substance abuse issues. I mean, he as an apprentice, he finished second to Craig Williams in a uh, premiership in uh, about 2008-2009. So, uh, you know, he rode 73 city winners in a season, I think. So he's a, uh, he's a terrific talent and uh, it's good to see him just getting a, a good body of work. You know, he's probably done the hard yards in Melbourne now for 18 months and, and uh, is you know, really, really gaining... Uh, a, you know, a good base of stables around him. He's just got a new manager in Robert Kingston and uh, he's going really well. Fabulous, fabulous. Really Beautiful. good. Bev, Thanks. any more questions? No, that's it. Thanks.
you. No dramas. Thanks so much for that, uh, Bev. Uh, and that has been Punters Postmortem. It's 10.01. We need horses to follow. Uh, Bradley, what are your horses to follow? Uh, I'll go Arameo, Attorney, and Riadini. Arameo and Riadini obviously going to the same race, but I think they're both airborne and uh, we'll get in pretty well in an, in an episode. I think Arameo, 51 kilos, so we'll make it them. And Attorney, there's something sneaky around for him as well. well good all to right. see you've been listening the last month, Brad to get onto all my horses to follow that I've been on early doors. Well, Not well, like you to pump up your tyres, Muns? Good on no, you. no, but you wait, you wait. When they all get into single figures, they'll all win easy. <laughs> Dino, what are your horses to follow? Uh, I'm with Starrell, who was a, a Group 2 winner last preparation. She was 70 to 1 first up on Saturday and uh, really charged through the line, ran fourth. I think there'll be a mare's race for her in the next few weeks. And... Uh, Grand Promenade, I think he'll win his ticket into the Melbourne Cup by winning the Bart Cummings on Saturday week. He was absolutely outstanding in the naturalism, running fifth. Uh, wide run, battle on well. He's better at Flemington and uh, really happy to be with him going forward. And uh, uh, Munns, your well, horse Brad, Brad's left out of my stable that I've been following, Dave. Uh, golly, I'm lucky and hungry heart. They both didn't have a great deal of luck Saturday, but I've got a few new additions. Gravina. Out of the last race, um, just found the right wrong part of the track there. Von Trapp, I had her down. I thought she uh, found the line of right in that uh, T-Rose. Amarillina, uh, she didn't seem overly comfortable uh, there on Saturday. And I tell you what, when it goes back to the bush, horse that ran in the highway, you've just got to find the right races for these horses. A uh, horse called Brave Enough for Cody Morgan. He'll be very hard to beat when it goes back to the scrub bush. Munns, I'll let you go because I know you've got to get down to your local. You've been 10 weeks locked up and you're keen to play some golf. But just to Dino and Brad, uh, just quickly, and it's a, I must mention this, Private Eye, your thoughts on that, Bill Ritchie? We didn't touch on it today. A tissue, obviously, was uh, very good in winning, but there's just a few punters here saying, I'm on Private Eye on the Epsom, and should I be worried or just pretty excited about uh, a couple of weeks' time? I'm a, I'm a little worried. I'm on two at, at around, uh, I think I took 11s. I think it's, I think it's 11s now. But, uh, look, again, was in that three-wide no-cover position, so really bad spot on the day. I probably expected a touch more late, but the good thing about him is, he carried 57 and a half there. He's going to drop to about 50 and a half in a, in a tab Epsom. So I wouldn't be giving up on him. 1,600, fast, fast run race. There's, there's a lot of ticks there still, and he can bounce back. Dino, private eye? Yeah, yeah I, know, I thought he had to have the backup, and uh, I think he'll now elevate off this run. And if he's good enough, I think uh, he'll be peaking on the right day. I think uh, the preparation, you know, terrific run first up, next two runs now into a, a peak run. If he's good enough, uh, he'll be right in the finish. Boys, that has been uh, Punters Postmortem. Have a wonderful day, everyone. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Good